because I need some more. I'm gonna get you a metronome. <laughs> That's what I'm giving you for See your birthday this year. A metronome. To like, please set it at this tempo and then start the countdown. <laughs> okay. I think we can get sponsored by C4. I don't want to be sponsored by any brand that is sold exclusively at Dollar General. I don't know that they're... Listen. First of all, Clover Valley resents that comment. (laughs) Actually, I have have nothing against dollar stores. um, But I don't shop at Dollar General. Are you a a family dollar kind of girl? No, I go to Dollar Tree for candy and snacks and stuff. Gotcha. But Dollar Tree recently went up from a dollar to a dollar twenty-five. Inflation. This is what it's like living in Joe Biden's America. Anyways, so <laughs> it's come to my attention that my children do not listen to this podcast because George said to me last night, "Mom, you know what I need you to get me? I need some pajamas with a hoodie on them." Oh. <laughs> Okay. (laughs) I don't know why he wants pajamas with a hoodie. I think he got a new hoodie sweatshirt for Christmas. And when it was cold, he really liked sleeping with it with the hoodie up. So maybe that's where it's coming from. But yeah, George would like hoodie pajamas. (laughs) I like that you apparently labor under the illusion that if our kids did listen to this podcast they would agree with what we said (laughs) (laughs) and not just immediately do the exact opposite that's true that's true (laughs) you know i mean speaking from i mean not speaking for years he still wants to do everything i say mostly well uh our four-year-old uh today said that she hated kendra Oh. And when Kendra said, no, we don't say hate, uh, my four-year-old responded, well, I don't like you, and I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got a comedian on your hands, I see. <laughs> yeah, I may have to take that part out. <laughs> <laughs> the FSBT ombudsman may, may strike that one from adorable. the record. Yeah, all kids say that at some point. They don't know what to do with their feelings, and you're a safe landing place for all of them, usually, so just let it out. Well, I was homeschooled, so what I said at age four was, give me liberty or give me death. Oh, my God. (laughs) And also the Pledge of Allegiance and the preamble to the Constitution. Pledge to the Christian flag. And the Bible. I know all those pledges, by the way. Still, by heart. I won't I won't anyway I won't prove that now to our listeners I don't know that they doubt it I think they yeah, probably they believe know. you they know that I know all right you got some FSBT updates for us FSBT update well you know I debated on whether or not to do to even do these anymore no, you Casey, didn't. because shut up <laughs> Because people just keep sending them in, and they're just very inappropriate. Oh. And and I don't know. We'll 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 go ahead and just do this one. Okay. This one segment of FSBT. Okay. Let's hear it. 
As always, my tribute to Norm MacDonald. Michigan woman Gloria Weberg made news this week by announcing that she will celebrate her 100th birthday by getting a tattoo. You know, you think it looks good now, but when Gloria Weberg is 200, <laughs> that tattoo is going to look awful. That's a good joke. <laughs> That's a very good joke. I like it. Thank you. A new study by Texas Christian University, or if we need to put this in college football parlance for, for Casey, that's TCU. Okay. The Horned Frogs. Horned Frogs. That's literally their mascot? Yeah. The okay. Horned Frogs that, had, you know, yeah, I, you know spit it. out their eyes. Okay. Go ahead. New study by TCU says that attractive people have the strongest immune systems. Okay. However, when you because <laughs> the, the and when you think about because so so anyway. True story here. Okay. A pregnant woman in Pakistan, you may have seen this one, was admitted to the hospital with a nail sticking out of her head. Come to find out, her pastor had told her that if she drove a nail into her head, it would ensure that her baby turned out to be a boy. Now, I know that certain listeners of this podcast would expect us to make a lazy joke about pastors nailing members of their own congregation. Or maybe an easy joke about how, you know, if you want to have a boy, you have to get the nail all the way in there. Not just the the tip of the nail. But Casey, we're a classy podcast. And all I will say is this. You know, back in my day... Women in church didn't need a reason to drive a nail into their head. They did it just for fun. (laughs) It's a true story, by the way. What in the world? Uh, Yep. Is she okay? I believe so. Oh, my goodness. Do you have a comment or you just want me to keep no, going? No, I don't have a comment. Go. All right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Franklin Graham, back in the news this oh, week. gosh. When he implored evangelicals in the United States to pray for Russian President Vladimir Putin. But anyway, back to that lady with the nail in her head. You know the worst part of having your pastor put a nail in your head? Is that it won't be as special when your husband puts a nail oh in your head. Oh my gosh, Matthew. You know the second worst thing? Uh, it's the part where you have a nail stuck in your head. <laughs> a new study by Lifeway Research. Yeah, whatever. So about that lady with the nail in her head. <laughs> you know who's really in trouble in this story? I mean, Casey, do you know who's really the villain here? Mm. It's that nail. Mm. 
you know, where I come from, it's a sin to get head before the wedding night. (laughs) (laughs) That's a FSBT update. Where you come from, you mean 2001? (laughs) Rules are different in 2022, I hear. (laughs) According to Twitter? Yes, exactly. (laughs) Nothing's a sin anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Except saying things are sins, apparently. Exactly. Oh, look at that. I just turned into a IFB KJV thumper right there. What? With that little remark of, you know, I guess the only thing that's a sin (laughs) is telling people things are a sin. (laughs) Or, or is that your I just, uh, jokes? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> well, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to get mad enough now for my rant that I have prepared now that I've laughed that much <laughs> at your horrible jokes. We should have done my rant first and then your jokes to calm me down. <laughs> okay, so I was... I'm going to set my cup down in case so I don't start flinging my Prosecco. So I was scrolling Instagram and you know, and I don't, I, I, I know you have an Instagram account, but I don't think you're on there very much. And, uh, <laughs> they've started just kind of putting suggested posts. Like if a bunch of your people like something, whatever. So it's, you know, late I come across this post and I am just immediately angry at the caption And I'm just like, what do I do with this? What do I do with this anger? Am I going to tweet about it? Am I going to share it to my stories? No, I'm saving it. I'm saving it for fun, sexy Bible time. And I am dedicating this specific rant to Seth, who is a faithful listener and who tweets some great things about billionaires. And this is related to billionaires. So what I saw on Instagram is a, is a post by an account called Tanks Good News. So this is supposed to be a good news thing. You know, like good news movement, all that stuff. Good news. So it's a picture of Elon Musk and it's like Elon Musk commits $6 billion in Tesla stock to world hunger or something like this. Okay. The first sentence of this caption, this is what it says. This is verbatim. So many people throw out challenges to billionaires without having any idea of the logistical nightmare it would actually entail to carry out said plan. And then it goes on to say what Elon Musk is committing to. Okay. This caption sent me, as the kids say, right? That's Am I using the term correctly? It sent me. Who are you asking, (laughs) by the way? So let's just put aside the percentages of $6 billion compared to his $250 billion net worth, okay? Let's just put that aside. A logistical nightmare? Like... We're supposed to simultaneously believe that these men 
are the smartest, most brilliant businessmen out there, which is why they are worth billions of dollars, but also that figuring out how to get rid of it or some of it is just too hard for them. It's a logistical nightmare. It's just too difficult. Like, it's like the poors are too stupid to understand how hard it is when you're rich to figure out how to liquidate your billions of dollars in stock so that you can actually do something worthwhile with your life. Like, are you kidding me? That's like, if I bought groceries for my family and then put them in a box and nailed the box up and buried it in my backyard. And then my kids come to me and say, what's for dinner? And I'm like, well, <clears throat> uh, it's kind of a logistical nightmare for me to feed you. So um, I, you don't even really know what you're asking me right now. It's just, th th this is just too difficult. So... I just, they've, they've literally made a conscious choice to hoard this wealth. And then they want us to, this, this person writing this caption is this obvious, like, billionaire apologist saying it's just a lot of work for them to figure out how to be useful. And we're supposed to, what, like, how's this supposed to come across? Like, oh, I'm sorry, Elon. If this process is so difficult for you, I don't know, go take a trip around the world in your spaceship like what <laughs> it just it just made me so mad it was so patronizing and just like what are we doing here like stop challenging billionaires to do something with their money you don't know how difficult it is so I turned my uh I usually keep my phone screen locked. I'm not done. I see you've opened your mouth to say something. <laughs> so. <laughs> I usually keep my phone locked on like vertical. Well, I had to, you know, unlock it so I could turn my calculator horizontal. Okay. Because 250 billion is a lot of zeros. So if Elon Musk liquidated and gave away a million dollars a day a day, a million dollars, it would take him 685 years to run out of money. That's assuming he never made any more money. Well, he's not going to live that long. So he could give away $10 million a day. He's still not going to live. He's not going to live almost 70 more years, right? He's like 50, isn't he? I don't know how old he is. He looks awful. Anyways, <laughs> it's, gonna, it's still going to take him like almost 70 more years to, to run out of his money. And I'm supposed to feel sorry for him that figuring out how to be charitable is logistically difficult. Anyway, so yeah. Thanks for that good news, Tank Sinatra, whoever you are, some fake internet personality. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Let the reader understand. Uh, Casey informed me that I was not going to be allowed to talk about how annoying Stephen Colbert is. <laughs> yeah. You <laughs> but, think Stephen uh, Colbert is annoying? Or you think people's response bit. to Colbert is annoying? Both, yes. Both. Here's why you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> 
there are so few celebrity Christians who aren't obnoxious. So when somebody asks Stephen Colbert a question and he just gives an honest answer about his faith, like something resonates with Christians like, oh, here's somebody who's saying something that I believe in in a not obnoxious way. And I know that so many people are getting to hear it. It's a public witness that's not stupid. What's his name? What's that guy's name? The From that show. Oh my gosh, my whole brain is empty right now. Chris Pratt, who's like, oh, here's mm-hmm. my wife. I open jars of pickles for her and she does everything for me. Like that kind of stupid public witness of Christianity. I did my air quotes for the people not watching the video right now. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> Do you want to challenge me on anything else right now? <laughs> I I just this is this is I this is a classic Matthew take because every Christian on Twitter is just lining up to uh, service Stephen Colbert. Colbert. No, it's Colbert, not about whatever. that, Matthew. You don't have to. They are. Everybody is lining up. So crude. No, it's like this is a really. It's like nice... oh, somebody said the word faith no, on TV. Let's all line up and kiss older, his butt. An older white man who's expressing his faith in a gentle way. He's faithful to his wife. Loves his wife. It feels like so. It just feels like so rare. To see a genuine expression of faith from a celebrity that isn't in an obnoxious <clears throat> way. So, yeah. I just think he's overrated. <laughs> oh, what's he doing? Okay. He's just, he's I just, just rolled my eyes as far around and around and around and around and around. As possible. <laughs> Okay, what's he doing? He's like, doing he's a late night host. He, exactly. So what? what? He's a so late night host. Can we, like, can we hold off on the sainthood here a little no, bit? But, so somebody has to be in vocational ministry to be a worthy, faithful Christian? No. He's doing his vocation. Little... No, no. He, no. <laughs> You're wrong. It's ridiculous. It's not ridiculous. It's ridiculous how much credit he gets because he says the word faith once in a while. Oh, my God. Okay, so people people hate Franklin Graham for a lot of reasons. Okay. Franklin Graham actually does do some good things in the world. Okay. He does try to help people. But why do we have to compare the two? Does does Because does, one's hated and the other one is loved. And I don't understand that because you know, does Stephen Colbert feed orphans? Because for all of his faults, and there are a lot of faults, Franklin Graham does feed orphans. Hmm. Mm. Mm. Okay, well, okay. We've become a Franklin Graham apologist now because we want to be grumpy about all the Christians who like Stephen Colbert. Listen, you you know who I am. (laughs) I'm going to find unpopular opinions. (laughs) And I'm going to harp on them because I am miserable. And this is what my brain is like. Anyways, I <laughs> you didn't even address any of my Elon Musk rants. I started to. 
And then I was informed my 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 comments were not required. No, I just said I wasn't done yet. I wasn't ready. <laughs> I wasn't ready for your comments yet. <laughs> so, all of my Stephen Colbert opinions are wrong. And your opinion is Elon Musk is ugly and I deserve his money. <laughs> I don't deserve his money. It's not I deserve well, just his money. The the corporate the corporate I is I and the rest of us. We all deserve his money. I'm not, I didn't say he's ugly. He just doesn't look young because I don't think he is I believe, young. I believe your words Google were it. he's gross. I did his, not say gross. that. I did not say he's gross. Don't put you play the tapes. Play play it back. <laughs> What did you say? You say he looks awful or something like that. <laughs> Hold on. He's 50. He's exactly 50. I'm not far away from that. I mean, I'm not like super close, but anyways, $250 billion. It's just a lot. It's like, just get out your debit card. Start swiping at the stores for people like Shaq does. <laughs> Shaq does do that. I know. Shaq does the do regular, that. regular, we are, we hear something we can agree on, right? That Shaq is the best and he's a, he's the best. So. Shaq's interesting because he was kind of a, he wasn't like the nicest guy on the court. No. But like as soon as he stopped playing, yeah. like he's yeah. turned into Santa Claus. I just, it's very interesting. Yes. This is a conversation Danny and I have on a regular basis. We just talk about the good things that Shaq's doing and how funny he is. So, <laughs> okay. Well, now that we've uh, addressed all of the issues with billionaires and public Christians that need to be addressed, I think we should go. I think we should just make a hard left into our movie pitch, unless you have other things that you want to fight about. <laughs> no, I'm done. I'm ready. To, I'm ready to hear about Penelope Davenport. Okay. <clears throat> Now, does this plot have more holes than a package of Swiss cheese? Yes. And maybe you can help me fill those in. With nails? <laughs> Should, we just... okay. Should we just nail the holes? But to be honest, your plot didn't make a lot of sense either, so it's fine. No. no. That's not the point. This is a faith-based movie. The point is that we're going to watch a movie that's going to make us feel good and entertain us in a way that doesn't also tempt us to have sex thoughts, right? The point is, there's a bed and breakfast somewhere that is in peril. Yes, exactly. Okay, so here we go. This movie is called Isabella 2, Double Trouble. Oh. <laughs> oh, guys. I'm ready. In the spirit? I want to cover my face. <laughs> I have to just read this. It's so silly. Okay, yours was silly too. It's fine. In the spirit of Christian forgiveness, Penelope Davenport has forgiven Luke St. John for pretending to be his deceased wife, Isabella, and taking her to a dead end in her investigation. That's right, Matthew. Luke wasn't the one holding the homeschoolers hostage. Luke was in his own grief spiral and acting out of desperation to connect in any way possible to Penelope. 
while also feeling guilty for his attraction to her, because he's a grieving widower. Somehow this is all explained in the first 15 minutes of the movie. Okay, just, you got you got, you got to use your imagination right. here, okay? Okay. So all then right. we go into a touching musical montage where we see Luke proposing to Penelope and their wedding, and we see them jumping off some sort of little waterfall into some water on their honeymoon. And, of course, Penelope's wearing a tankini in that scene. And shorts. Yeah. Well, it's her honeymoon. She can she can ditch the shorts. <laughs> but it's a so full that, coverage ba- bathing suit bottom. Okay? So it's that kind it's of fake-based movie. It's not a cheeky movie. bottom. It's full coverage. So we've got some ruffles. we got some ruffles going on. <laughs> okay. In the airport, on their way home... They're very tanned and happy. They catch sight of a news story on one of the 500 TVs that are in every airport in America. Their small town is once again under attack. This okay, time, so they were off the grid on the honeymoon. They were off the they, grid. They made an agreement to cut their phones off oh, yeah. on the honeymoon. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm with you. Okay. The homeschool students are safe. Now it's the moms who are in trouble. Several homeschool moms have been kidnapped on their late night Walmart and Target trips. Okay? They're just going out to try and get a little me time. But also, so they can't just get me time. They got to double up on some grocery shopping because that's what So they're moms obviously do. not doing the homeschool thing where you take the oldest son for protection. No. Okay. I don't have an oldest son, so I, <laughs> I didn't I even was the go oldest there. son. <laughs> okay, cut to the scene where you see all the homeschool moms being held somewhere. You're not sure where. And their own children were just in a similar situation in the last movie. It's all very yep. similar. Okay. They're back. They're back in town. It's Penelope's first day on the job as a detective in the small town where she now lives with Luke, okay? She transferred, because that's what you do when you're a cop. You just put in for a transfer. <laughs> yeah, they all, they handle that. <laughs> so she's put on the case, save the homeschool moms. She starts to work with the only other detective the city has ever known. <laughs> a 30-year-old, no, 30-year veteran, not 30-year-old, 30-year veteran by the name of Mac Kirby. That's good, right? That's a good name. Played by John Schneider. Yes. Yes. Perfect. Mac Kirby. Mac isn't too excited to be working with Penelope because he's the typical older man cop type. He's set in his ways. Has he seen some things, Casey? He's seen some things. He doesn't know if a young, attractive woman like Penelope is up for the job. Okay? Meanwhile, Luke is working to renovate their home to make it his and Penelope's, right? It's time to shut the door on his past. Or is it? Odd things start happening in town. At the hardware store, he sees a woman that looks just like Isabella. And then at a diner on another day, he's eating his patty melt, whatever you eat at a diner. (laughs) And across the street, you know, small town, people are out walking because that's what people do. He sees like Bedford Falls. Yes, he sees the lady again just for a split second. Not enough time to really process. Why does that lady? And then somebody walks in front of her and she's gone. Exactly. Or a bus goes by. 
So this happens two or three more times in a very short musical montage. I'm all about the montages. Okay. He brings this up to Penelope, and of course they have their first fight. What? Question? Okay. Is the musical montage Missing Person by Michael W. Smith? (laughs) Yes. Sure. Okay. Sorry. They have their first fight because she's scared. He's going down a grief spiral. She doesn't want him messing up her another investigation and also she's just a little insecure because he's already been married before and even though his wife died you know there's that like oh does he love me as much type thing okay cue the homeschool moms they're languishing in the abandoned public school gymnasium where their captor is holding them and they're arguing about what to do and they're also arguing about curriculum Suddenly the door swings open and it's the Isabella lookalike. What is what is she doing? Who is she? Why is she doing this? Isn't Isabella dead? This is this is what the viewers thinking. The moms don't know Isabella, but you as the viewer are like, who is this lady? Penelope and Mac have been on the case. Okay? Mac is warming to Penelope starts to see that maybe city girls aren't all that bad. As they're working, the same thing starts to happen to Penelope that happened to Luke. So this is like the the Mac and Penelope working together, you know, act. She starts to see Isabella lookalikes throughout the town two or three times. She tells Luke that night, and it's implied, only implied, that they have makeup sex. Because they thought about it before, but now she believes him, so you gotta, you know, gotta apologize in the physical way. I'm working out the details. Finally, they're getting close to cracking the case. I don't know how because I don't understand how this works. Okay. You know this because the music is getting very, as the kids say, third day powerful. (sighs) Penelope and Mac have used the CCTV footage outside the Walmarts and Targets and they've connected a single vehicle in all the locations at all the times of the abductions. Okay. You don't even want to know how long it took me to get to that plot point to figure out how are they going to crack the case. I will not be writing any crime mystery novels anytime soon. Okay, so they run the plates because that's what cops do. They run plates. So as the computer searches, the music intensifies. We only see Penelope's face. You know, she's lit up by the computer screen. Beep, beep, beep. The computer finds a match. No, it can't be. It's the Isabella lookalike. She prints out everything, and she runs to the door, and Mac's yelling, wait, what, what? Because, you know, cops and shows, they get so caught up in their own thing, they forget they have a partner, so she just leaves them, okay? She bursts into the house while Luke is doing some sort of construction project that he's probably not qualified to do, and she shows him what she's found. He looks puzzled. He's staring at it. He's like, Arabella? Penelope? This was Isabella's birthday, too. And that's the end, because I'm making you write part three. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I need some things cleared up. Okay. 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 Another cliffhanger. We've got a trilogy going here. Okay? Okay. So, first of all, with the homeschool moms chained up in the gymnasium, 
the people who are really suffering in this movie are the oldest daughters in all these big homeschool families because they are they turning really into are. the uh, surrogate mothers but for the entire family. They were already Ugh. suffering. <laughs> Ooh, coming with the high heat over here. Okay, I don't understand the first part. So, did Penelope frame? Who did she? Because there's got to be. Did she just frame Isabella for all the crimes, and then they just put that to bed and buried it? No, they just never found out who it was. Mac was. Or so everybody Luke? was cool with that. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what happens in these movies. It's no, like cold okay. case, cold case, Matthew. Oh, cold case. Yeah. I thought I thought you were saying that like she. That there was just like this tacit agreement between her and Luke St. John of uh, Here's the thing too. We know it was we know it was you dressing up like your dead wife, but yeah, we're gonna so pretend Luke that she was actually it. he just when he found out that Penelope thought there was some connection to Isabella, he just it it, it cracked something in his brain because he was like super connect he felt this connected attraction to penelope but also this grief over his wife so he just kind of lost a little i thought about putting a mental hospital aspect in this but i thought that would be too much for a faith-based movie because you know not all the christians believe in you know mental health uh help that is not prayer you know so I, I, I want to sell tickets. So now we got like a little Star Wars thing going on here where different directors are taking the trilogy in different <laughs> <laughs> different directions. Yes. So now am I going to have to do like the, um, the, the <laughs> frick, J.J. Abrams thing where I come in with the third act yeah. and just erase everything that you just did in the second one? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that's so, basically what So you take the I position... Did. <laughs> so you're taking the position that it wasn't Luke St. John dressing up like his He was dressing up, but he was he wasn't doing anything. He was just trying to to be connected to Penelope and he was in a grief spiral, so he was acting out. But he wasn't doing so he... anything wrong. Okay, so he did actually did kidnap he, all the he homeschoolers did not and Isabel. anybody. But he was dressing up right, as his... because of... So now we, we actually had two of them. No, the real one and the imposter. Right. But who's the real one? And now you've just introduced someone else. So now there's three. Well, no, there's not is... three. There's only one, Matthew. I thought... Okay. I've revealed that it's just one. Okay. I thought, I thought you were leading it towards she had a twin. I am. But Isabel is dead. Right? <laughs> so that was her in the river that jumped off the bridge? Oh, I forgot about that part. <laughs> I thought it was Luke <laughs> who jumped off the bridge. Well, if he was dressing up as Isabella. Because right. that's where the wet footprints were. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, like uh, he was leading Penelope on this wild goose chase, even though he wasn't responsible for any of the abductions. So who did the abductions? A twin. Okay. <laughs> now, all right. <laughs> it's the downside of us not comparing notes before we do the show. <laughs> the, re the reactions are genuine, but so is the confusion. <laughs> We're taking this so seriously, which is absolutely my favorite part of this. Because 
Yeah. This is there's this is no stakes, right? And we're taking it so seriously. Absolutely. Okay, so at the moment Isabella 2 ends. Yes. Is is in your version is Il- Isabella alive or She's dead? She's dead. She's been dead the whole time. And we've got the twin. Yes. That okay. Luke St. John okay. never knew right. about. Which is going to be your job to explain oh, why. <laughs> which twin is which, though? Oh. Because this be like a like a prestige <laughs> thing where you've got two twins pretending to be the same Maybe. person? Maybe. Ooh. Just, Ooh. I don't know. Ooh. Okay, another question. Did we step on Kevin Sorbo here? Was Is Matt Kirby Kevin Sorbo's role? I really don't want Kevin Sorbo. I feel like he's too tall or something. I really liked your first suggestion of who did you say? John Schneider. Yeah. Luke Duke. I think that's a really good suggestion. Bo Duke, not Luke Duke. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's got Why the. Are you uh, clicking over there. Sorry, I've got the, the cat okay, to the I'm just, C4. This, I asked that for your own benefit as the editor and producer. I'm actually adding in some uh, some sound effects of horses on cobblestone. <laughs> it's I not that, that small of a town. Okay. <laughs> so I'm imagining Matt Kirby or John Schneider as Matt Kirby and he's got like, he's going with the Andy Taylor uh, uniform where he's got like the top buttons unbuttoned mm-hmm. and he's very casual mm-hmm. very uh, very down to earth with the townsfolk mm-hmm. um, is there a mayor in town is that Kevin Sorbo I'll allow it maybe like a t- maybe like a 10% sleaze factor mm. from the mayor like the mayor in Jaws okay what's his role you know, the in mayor all in- this He's trying to keep everything moving because it's uh, he doesn't want to like okay. alarm the locals. Okay. So he's trying to kind of keep everything so under he's wraps. Like, he's not tr- he's not evil. He's just a little bit sleazy. Of he's like he him and Mac are kind of close, and Mac kind of goes to him and whines about having to work with this new hotshot city girl and mayor. Um, mm, can, Jenkins, can Ma- Mayor Jenkins, can- is like, you just you have to solve this case. We can't. Can we have we have a a reputation to protect our homeschool families? Can they be need like old? Safe. Can they be like old rivals from high school or something? Yeah, yeah. There's like a little bit of a rivalry there. Yeah, so but they're still buddies. Mac was like the star quarterback, and um. Hmm. What's his name? Jude Jenkins. Ross. Uh, <laughs> Jude Jenkins. <laughs> Mayor Jude Jenkins. Oh, Jude. I thought you said Jew. No, Jude. Like, whoa. Jude Jenkins. He was, um, oh, I don't know. Who's in competition with the star quarterback? He was the president of the student government, obviously. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> But he was he was still good looking in his younger days, so Okay. Thank you for yeah, helping so, to fill uh, this out for me. <laughs> Kevin I think your your uh, movie script was maybe about five times as long as mine. 
So Kevin Sorbo, he's like the mayor from Jaws. That even though like people are getting yeah. you know chomped chomped to death in the ocean, he's like, don't close the beaches. Right. We got to keep everything right. going. And that's Kevin Sorbo's role. Is he's like you know don't don't let this leak to the press. Exactly. You know, you know we got you know you, you got to find press. find the oh that can be in the third one some like um, liberal uh, reporter blogger no are <laughs> there the, the the editor of the local newspaper. Okay, so we got a uh, editor by, of the newspaper played by Topher Grace. Oh, I was gonna say a woman, Patricia Heaton. <laughs> yes, she's the liberal editor of the newspaper. She definitely voted for Hillary Clinton, <laughs> and she uh, she she thinks God is dead. Because she uh, she lost a uh, lost a child twenty years ago. Oh, okay. Well, let's not give everything away, there. Matthew. We gotta keep the I'm people just talking, coming back. Workshopping. Get, this is workshopping. Keep the people coming back for the next episode. <clears throat> so Isabella three. The the S is a three. No, the E is a three. Yes. Yes. One of those letters needs to be a three. I, I, do we know a designer who could make these logos for us? <laughs> What's the tagline? Unholy Trinity? <laughs> That's really good. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> wow. Isabella 3, Unholy Trinity. I got a lot of work to do. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, you do, but it's fine. It'll be great. It can't be worse than what okay. I just present. <laughs> no, no, no. Listen, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got so wrapped up in the details. I did not congratulate you. <laughs> that was a fully formed plot. <laughs> to have a couple details need to be worked out, but the plot itself was fully Thank formed. Thank you. It did what it needed to do as a sequel, and I enjoyed it, and I appreciate it. Everybody knows the middle is the weakest. <laughs> In every, in everything, <laughs> it will be final question. Like the middles often are. Okay, all right. <laughs> final question: What is John Lovitz's role in the in the second movie? <laughs> He's definitely the husband of one of the homeschool moms. So there's like. <laughs> Some of the dads. You gotta find my wife. Yes. I'm getting very tired of my four daughters taking care of me. Yes. Exactly. It's not the same, you see. <laughs> I've got Esther and Naomi, Ruth, and Catherine taking care of me, and I'm getting a little tired of it. Yes. Perfect. Yes. Just exactly that. Where is my... And all of the homeschool moms are named Sharon, by the way. Where's my sweet Sharon? <laughs> I was trying to think, like, when I was doing this, I'm like, could they all have some ties to Isabella somehow? Isabella and Arabella. <laughs> I couldn't figure it out. I was trying to work denim into it somehow, because, like, if all the homeschool moms are missing, it's like a... <laughs> Something like, like the denim, death to denim, or the denim death to capris, denim, or something. Your capri pants, <laughs> culottes. When will it? You know, you know, like the tagline of Jaws was like, "Is it safe to go back?" Or 
safe to go back in the water. Just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water. I think the tagline would be just when you thought it was safe to wear denim culottes. <laughs> yeah, because how did she even know to 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 get like how did she know which moms were the homeschool moms when she was abducting them? Oh, uh, she knew. She knew. Final thing. Okay. Sorry, like I just I'm gonna be thinking about this all night. I'm honored. You, I'm honored you left, that you would not you left me hanging. immediately forget this when you close your laptop. No, no, you you left me hanging a little bit with you know, like when I when the homeschool teens were locked up, they had some saw inspired challenges to get out. I know, I thought about that too. Like maybe they maybe the homeschool moms had to like write lesson plans about evolution or there's like makeup kits like the, the key is like inside the makeup kit <laughs> that's me Matthew as you, as that you is, look listen. at my face every podcast. oh come on <laughs> like would it well, then this kill really you gonna... <laughs> well this one's really mean but you're gonna this one's gonna be really awkward then because the next one i was thinking of was like something involving like form-fitting clothes <laughs> like they have to change into form-fitting clothes <laughs> and they can't bring themselves to do I, I it wear my workout pants <laughs> or whatever they're called well i mean <laughs> some homeschool moms are just born to be wild <laughs> that's me i'm born to be wild everybody who sees me knows it <laughs> like oh she's crazy <laughs> Um. Okay, so there's definitely a challenge with one of the homeschool moms of poor math too. (laughs) There's definitely a challenge with one of the moms where like there's a button, and the the screw like the the jigsaw character on the TV is like push this button and it will turn on every TV in your house (laughs) and like she she can't do it and they will not turn off until you return to your family. It's only 10 a.m. I can't turn the TV on before 4 p.m. <laughs> That's very good. That's very, very good. <laughs> All right. So are we going to keep the Isabella franchise going as long as we did the WoW showdowns? No, no, no. It's got it's to be a trilogy <laughs> only. Okay, you you think you can cap it at a trilogy, but if you think I'm not going for an Isabella prequel, you oh, a do not know me, gosh, and b are sadly mistaken. A prequel? I didn't even think about that. Isabella colon Explain origins. Explain the concept of prequel to one of my kids this week because I'm making them read The Magician's Nephew. I was like, you know, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. It's a prequel. They're like, a what? <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Well, I pledge to you and the listeners that I won't get too caught up in the prequel until I finish okay. Isabella Unholy Trilogy or <laughs> yeah, Un- Unholy Trinity. Unholy Trinity. Trinity. The way you just came up with that subtitle. Wow. You have a gift for this. It's Matthew. it's kind of you have a gift it's kind of sad. It. You might you might not be the best at assessing the character of public Christians, but you do have a gift. Her face face movie pictures. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> nobody's perfect.
just when you thought it was safe to wear denim culottes. <laughs> <laughs>